Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. Hopefully it gives you something to look forward to in the day and maybe get you through some part of your day. Gives you some extra tools for your toolkit in defending the country. Maybe helps our country at least a little bit. We lost our juvenile rooster the last couple of days. Don't have any idea what happened. Uh, there were no obvious traumatic injuries. He just went over into one of the little sheds, and next day we found him dead. So the girls were a little disappointed. But we've got to order some replacement hens this spring anyway, so maybe we'll order another fuzzy-headed rooster. He was quite entertaining. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you don't give up on us as easily as we give up on others. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Thank you for all your many blessings. both to us as individuals and to our nation. Strengthen our faith. Give us assurance. Help us to trust you, not to lean on our own understanding. Be with our leaders and those who protect us. Be with them in their day-to-day activities, the decisions that they make. Guide their hands, guide their words, their thoughts. Help them to turn to you. And guide my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to go back to a couple quotes by Simon Greenleaf. We have we talked about him on the last podcast a little bit. One of our greatest legal minds talking about the need to really dig into our faith. And I think if we have time, we've got a quote from a different gentleman that kind of illustrates that. In reference to the apostles, Greenleaf, talking about them, They had every possible motive to review carefully the grounds of their faith and the evidences of the great facts and truths which they asserted. And their writings show them to have been men of vigorous understandings. If, then, their testimony was not true, there was no possible motive 
for the fabrication. I don't focus on that often enough. I don't know if my brain just doesn't know quite how to. But the testimony of the apostles, of the men that Jesus chose, really should be a, a strong argument when we think about it in our minds in favor of Christ being the Son of God. Because those men, there was no gain for them. This wasn't at all the situation like some that we have had over the last 50 to 60 or 70 years, and they've really been there ever since Jesus Christ came. And you've had swindlers even before that, ever since men existed. But a lot of people think of these pastors, these TV pastors that made all this money, a number of the scandals, and really couldn't have cared less about Christ or his sheep except as a as a means to an end and they did they got wealthy a lot of them uh, got women got all sorts of things but but these apostles that wasn't the scenario for them they weren't going to get rich following Christ and they weren't going to become famous they weren't going to have women just flocking to them in droves They were going to be ostracized by society, outcasts, hunted down. And you see that in a number of the ways that it sounds like these men were murdered, stoned to death, cut in two, hung on a cross, tortured boiled alive i mean if you were if you were standing up for something false and you weren't getting anything out of the deal and those things were even threatened you would turn away from it there, there's no possible reason to continue with a charade that's not going to get you anything except pain and misery and death and so you see Greenleaf as a preeminent legal mind looking at this going, this is the evidence, folks. And these people had every reason to check themselves, to look at their motives, examine their faith, and look at these, these facts, these truths, he says, that they asserted. Because if it was all false, if their testimony was not true, there was absolutely no possible motive for the fabrication. So when you think about that, folks, think about these men that were actually there, not the people that talk today, the atheists, the Buddhists, the Muslims, the Hindus, anybody else. You think about these men that had absolutely nothing to gain 
in an earthly manner from proclaiming the gospel and everything to lose if it wasn't true. Greenleaf's work, examination of the testimony of the four evangelists by the rules of evidence administered in the courts of justice with an account of the trial of Jesus. It's quite the title. The character they portrayed is perfect. It is the character of a sinless being, one supremely wise and supremely good. The doctrines and precepts of Jesus are in strict accordance with the attributes of God, agreeable to the most exalted ideas which we can form of them from reason or revelation. They are strictly adapted to the capacities of mankind, and yet are delivered with a simplicity wholly divine. He spake as never man spake. He spake with authority, yet addressed himself to the reason and understanding of men. And he spake with wisdom, which men could neither gainsay nor resist. It's fascinating. I haven't really talked about it in the last podcast or this one. But here we have one of the men who who was called by a Supreme Court Justice, the highest authority in our courts, one of the men that is one of the greatest legal minds in the history of our nation, talking about Christianity this way, and yet we're supposed to believe that these men, and there's, there's one after another after another, who were so pivotal in the formation of our nation, in this case, particularly our judicial system, the functioning as well, that they wanted this complete separation. They, they wanted nothing. They wanted Christianity to have no influence on the institutions and the nation, a complete wall of separation, right? Not keeping the government from controlling the state, but keeping faith out of the government. That, that takes a pretty harsh view of a number of the people that set up and early on helped develop the functioning of what has become the greatest nation in the history of the world. Uh, just the cynicism is, <clears throat> is hard to get your head around that these men who believe so deeply in the importance of Christ and in, in the importance of his principles for the functioning of society would suddenly try and completely reject him and those principles when they went about their secular lives, their business, their day jobs. It, it really doesn't make any sense when you think about it, folks. And so when you hear people today talking about, well, this was a, 
you know, we're a, a pagan republic like Rome or a, a secular republic. We're not a Christian republic. They either don't know what they're talking about or they have ulterior motives. Some pretty good quotes from Greenleaf there. Let's see how much time. Yeah, we got time. We ought to be good. We can make it through this quote, I think. We're going to turn to Dr. Howard A. Kelly. And just because I want to make sure, if I haven't said it recently, uh, these quotes that I'm pulling today are actually out of uh, Patriot's Bible and the American God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes. Those along with the Founder's Bible, and a lot of these quotes are, are in all three. Um, in fact, a couple of ones I used today were in both, maybe all three. But phenomenal resources if you get a chance. I highly recommend it. Those of y'all that have listened to the podcast for a while, uh, you hear me say this often. Those of y'all that are new, that's why I'm saying it again. Just, they ought to be primary textbooks in every classroom, and they're phenomenal resources. Uh, the Patriots Bible, I feel like, is a little easier to get into. The Founders Bible and the America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations by William J. Federer are a little better documented. It's easier to find the source material for the quotes. They've done a really good job of, of creating a bibliography index, whatever you want to call it, annotating where the, where the quotes came from. So this is Kelly, considered by a number of people to be one of the most famous medical practitioners in America in the first half of the 20th century. Pioneer in gynecology, radium therapy. He was a professor of gynecology at John Hopkins, surgeon at John Hopkins wrote 20 odd books, scientific books, and around 500 medical and scientific articles. So the guy's absolutely top notch when you're talking about medicine. And people turned to him. And actually, he was asked, you know, what's the secret? Of your greatness. How are you so successful? And this was his response. I rise regularly at six and after dressing and give all of my time until our eight o'clock breakfast to the study of God's word. I find time for brief studies during the day and again in the evening. I make it a general rule to touch nothing but the Bible after the evening meal. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. He was asked what difference the Bible made in a busy surgeon's life. You know, we talk about this quite often, how busy we are today or how busy we claim to be. And a lot of that has to do with our priorities being way out of order. 
But here you have a medical professional that was one of the very best in the early 20th century, wrote exhaustively, <laughs> I guess maybe that's the right word, and says, you know, what, what did the Bible do for you? One of the most cognate reasons for my supreme confidence in the Bible is that it reveals to me, as does no other book in the world, that which appeals to a physician. A clearer diagnosis of my spiritual condition, showing me clearly what I am by nature, one lost in sin and alienated from life that, it is, that is in God. I find it to be a consistent and wonderful revelation from Genesis to Revelation of the character of God, far removed from any man's natural imaginings. It also reveals the tenderness and nearness of God in Christ that satisfies the heart's yearnings and presents the infinite God creator of the world, as taking our very nature upon him in infinite love to become one of his people in order to redeem them. There's a little quote down here at the bottom of this page, this insert in the Patriots Bible, reminding us that George Washington also often spent his early mornings for about an hour on his knees, reading from his Bible. And again in the evening, went to the same room and the same chair and the same Bible before he went to bed. We have made light, particularly as Christians, of the importance of reading the Bible today. And certainly as a nation, we have rejected the importance of the Bible. But when you look back often, I'm reminded of Lincoln's quote here to his good friend, who they had both had their doubts about Christianity and the Bible. And his friend came in and saw him reading the Bible and said, you know, I'm glad that you're so, so well engaged. And, and he was, being kind of sarcastic maybe or something, and Lincoln looked at him and said, no, no, no. He said, read it constantly. Take everything that you can, you know, understand everything you can and take everything else by faith and you'll be a better man. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's the gist of it. Spending time in the Bible, folks, is, is so important every day, every single day. There's so much in there that you can read it constantly for a lifetime and still find new things. And there is no doubt, none in my mind, that a huge part of the reason that we're struggling today as a nation and our families and our marriages is because we have gone away from making reading the Bible part of our everyday life.
And there is also no doubt in my mind at all that the reason that our schools are in the shape that they're in today is because we have taken the Bible out of them piecemeal for almost 80 years now. We have to have the Bible at the center of our lives. God's Word. It makes a huge difference. You can see this again in Dr. Kelly's quotes as one of the preeminent surgeons in the early 20th century. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again soon, folks. Looking forward to it.